I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, we will be talking to Trey Bravant, the Vice President of Studio Operations at Second Line Stages, one of the premier film studios in New Orleans. It's located in the Lower Garden District. We're going to talk about the history of Second Line and the state of the film industry in the city and state as it recovers from the effects of the pandemic. Trey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Awesome. All right. Well, first of all, can you give us like the three minute history of Second Line Stages? How did it come to be? Who are the key players? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I would say about a little over 10 years ago, after recently relocating back to New Orleans from Boston after Katrina, I was looking around for an opportunity and um, came across a parcel of land in the Lower Garden District, uh, figured out who owned it, reached out to her, and it happened to be Susan Brennan. <laughs> we met, we spoke. And she liked the idea of building a film studio because she had plans for condos. And she'll tell you the price of sheetrock was off the hook. Right, right. So she financed the project and Second Line was built a year and a half later. So what, what was the context that what made you think that this was a good bet? If you look at the history um, before I had moved down here, there were a lot of big Taj Mahal uh, pitches about building film studios. These big, you know, let's go and build a studio the size of Warner Brothers in New Orleans or Baton Rouge. Right. And our approach was, hey, wait a second. This is a burgeoning market. It's catching on. So let's build to meet the industry as it is now. So we built from a middle market approach saying, well, we'll build out enough to handle a feature film or a television show. And if we are successful, we can grow down the future, but we did not want to overbuild. And so that was the approach from the beginning. Okay, I got you. In other words, there's there's huge sound stages like the, whatever that famous one is in London. And then there's there's all different sizes and you guys built sort of a, what is it in the middle of the pack? Yeah, we built, middle, we built middle of the road. We would say that we are a boutique studio. But boutique doesn't mean that it was small in scale with regards to the technology. The one thing that people don't know about um, a soundstage is that it's a controlled environment. And so we built to the exacting industry standards of the day, which is a film or production needs to go and have a, an isolated, quiet, controlled space where they can build any type of set, whether it's a spaceship or a police uh, jail or a courthouse, anything that they can use at any time of the day without bothering the public. Right. And we deliver air conditioning, we deliver power, we deliver sound isolation quality, and that allows them to make their movie or their television project. Okay, understood. How many square feet do you guys have of actual studio space? We have right, right around 40,000, which is enough for a, a television show or a medium-sized feature. Okay. And what are some of the movies and TV shows that have built out spaces in your in your facility over the last decade? We've had a quite a we have a, a nice list of clients. We kicked off the studio with Green Lantern, and it was <laughs> a, it was a it was a Marvel film or a DC comic film before the whole Marvel universe and DC universe really took off about ten years right. ago. It was a precursor to that. We've had notables like Django Unchained. 
we've had American Horror Story. We've had the Lee Daniels's The Butler. Oh, we've right. Al we've also had uh, just recently uh, a new Sony uh, space film that was filmed there. The title is yet to be released. I can't talk about it. And in between, we've had other little small features like Get Out or uh, Brad Pitt came down and did uh, Coogan's Trade down here. So we, we've, we've seen a lot of different uh, scale and scope of, of, of clients. Yeah, I remember, God, I can't believe it's, I, that was the very first one, Green Lantern, because I remember that. I feel like it was kind of recent where you, there was the story about um, what Ryan Reynolds going to watch movies at the uh, Britannia Theater. Yeah. God, I can't believe it's been a decade, but. Um, oh, you, okay. you just said something, Rich, about, you know, the stars that come down to New Orleans. They love coming to New Orleans because they're left alone. Right. We've got so much going on in our streets to begin with that we kind of don't have the time to pay attention to the A-list movie star walking their dog in, you know, in, in Audubon Park. I mean, they're there. And so they can hide, you know, the paparazzi are less present here and they, they, they can disappear for a while. And is that, that's a selling point for y'all? Is that part Absolutely. of your pitch? I, I don't have to sell. They can talk amongst themselves at their swanky parties later. But I mean, but it is, it is known that New Orleans tends to be a little bit of a respite away from that madness. We keep our cool. Yeah. Like my, my buddy owns an antique shop on magazine street and yeah, he'll be like, Oh yeah. Uh, Han Solo walked in today. You know, it's just like stuff like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, Hey, what's up? All right. So for those who don't understand, does this second line make the movies? Are you movie producers? How does this work? Explain the business here. Oh, so when we say we're a film studio, we, we're not a producing film studio. I mean, we don't make the content. Right. We provide the space for the content makers to come make their movie. Okay. So if I were to give you a tour of Second Line, I would show you offices and warehouse space where they make their sets and a wardrobe room and a, a, a breakout space where they can do catering or, or store their props. And so we provide all of the infrastructure for them to, to come in and make their movie. If you think about it, every film or television season of a television show is its own business. So imagine that you have an idea for a film, you, you, you write the, the script, which is the product, you sell it, you get it financed, then you have to build the infrastructure to, make, to manufacture that product. And then at the end of it, at the end of life, you have to shut down the factory. And so that's, that's kind of what it is in a nutshell um, for how, a film, how we approach filmmaking. It's almost like a circus, you know, it comes to town, sets up the big tent and they do their thing for however many, many months and then they move on and... Yeah, it, with the with the one critical distinction yeah. that the circus brings in all the employees, right? The distinction between when a film comes to town is that the majority of the workers that are hired on the film set are about 80 to 85 percent Louisiana New Orleans residents. And so it is a huge employer of some very high paying jobs that you don't quite see in the Louisiana economy. I mean, the average salary of a worker on the set, not a famous movie star or, or a, a high paid director, but the average worker, right? The blue collar workers is about $66,000 a year plus pension and well, healthcare. So these are really good high paying jobs that come into the city. And as we know, when you pay, when people are making money, they go out and they spend money in the economy. So there's a lot of, of economic impact that happens in the city of New Orleans directly attributed to the film industry. Heck, even the Lieutenant Governor um, has done his own study and came up that 
there's close to a billion dollars of, of tourism dollars that can be attributed to the industry as well. So um, that, that's obviously hugely important to the city and the state. Uh, and that was all obviously impacted by the events of the last year and a half. T tell me about the, the 2020 for, for film production oh. in New Orleans and, and where are we headed now? How are we looking? Yeah, yeah. COVID, COVID wiped, well, it wiped everything out, right? COVID wiped everything out, including our industry. We had a full house in March 12th of 2020. Right. And on March 20th of 2020, we had no one. We had two shows that had to go down and get out of town. And we all know what happened in those first six months. But what our industry did in those six months was figure out how we could get back to work because we're different than most industries. We can create our own environment. So we worked tirelessly. The unions worked with the workers and the producers worked with everybody. And we worked here on the ground to figure out what was the safest way we could come back. And we created some of the most robust uh, health and safety protocols in of any industry, right outside of probably healthcare. Because think about it. If, you know, in the industry, we call the, the lead actor the number one, right? So if you're in the middle of filming a movie and your number one gets sick and can't show up to set, and they're scheduled to work every day for the next two weeks <laughs> and you have to go down, that's a lot of money that's being burned because you have so many people that are dependent on that number one. So we had to create really safe environments for um, the directors and the actors to work. We call them pods. So there's different pods on a film set. Right. Uh, you know, it's different. So, you know, if, if, if another worker goes down, well, look, there's a lot of grips and carpenters and people that can fill in for a day. But, and so what it allowed us to do was it allowed us to come back to work um, in the early fall. And we have had a tremendous amount of success, you know, because when you think about it, what COVID did was it ceased all production. So there was this huge gap in the programming schedule from all the producers and streaming has just exacerbated our hunger for content. And as you know, during the pandemic, all we did was sit on that, <laughs> we, we went through those Netflix watch lists all the time. Right. Um, so it created a lot of demand for content and there's a tidal wave. Now on the other side of it, there's a huge tidal wave of work coming to be made because they've got to fill those gaps. Right. Well, I was wondering about that because say uh, some show I've been watching with my kids and we watched two seasons and then the third season was supposed to come out. Did anyone shoot any of that stuff in the middle of last year? Yes, I mean, starting in September in the country, yes. You, I think the first film that we heard of coming back and shooting was in New Zealand. It was a it was a Tom Hanks film that they had gone down on. Because remember, he got COVID. Yeah. In New Zealand. He was prepping and, for that movie, right? He was down yes, there. Yes, he was prepping for that movie and they quarantined there and they got better. But then New Zealand, you know, came out the gate and shut it down and figured it out. And then the, they were one of the first uh, films to come back and actually film. Okay. And there was a lot of lessons learned, I think, from that film that we adapted over here in the country. Well, I'm, it's, I'm just wondering, just as a fan of movies and things, if, like how delayed that, you know, it's like uh, there's certain shows that we're, you know, waiting to find out some cliffhanger, you know, so. Uh, oh, I, absolutely. I, think I mean, listen, I, I get calls. The calls are coming in. My phone is ringing off the hook. There are so many shows being greenlit right now. Right. And there is actually not enough soundstage space in the world to accommodate all of the production that is trying to go to camera. Okay, well, then that leads me to my next question, which is, yeah, so last year was rough. Safety protocols were created to help things trickle back. What was our first production back? 
down here? Uh, I think NCIS booted up. Uh, they were one of the first to come back. And then there was okay. another television show down here called Queen of the South that came back. And then there was a new TV show called Leverage that is just finished up filming, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And, um, so those three. And then we had a new Sony feature come in at Second Line starting in September. So, that was your first one back? Was the yeah, Sony that was our first one back. And it was a new feature. So it was like, wow, here's a feature that is just coming back online. Normally we were seeing shows that were interrupted that kind of had to pick back up and film oh now, and your honor your honor yeah your honor was one of those shows that only had like four episodes left and they had to go down for six months and come back and round out those four episodes yeah right that was brian cranston yes brian cranston loves new orleans yeah he loves new orleans and here's here's something that happens when folks come down and they fall in love with our city they get involved right they get engaged they start supporting um, you know, not for profits. They start spending their money here, right? All that money doesn't leave the state. Right. You know, you, you've got countless amounts of philanthropy and engagement in this that I don't think most people are aware of. Right. You do sense that people kind of take, take like, well, we think about Sandra Bullock, all these people that have been here and have owned houses here, and they just kind of take New Orleans under their wing to a sense. Like they, you almost feel like they feel protective of it and like they want to care for it. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that live here that we don't know who live here that have a house here. <laughs> not at liberty to say and i know you can't say you keep talking about that sony feature but i just through another source happened to know more about that one and i know that's a big big star a big budget and a big big production so that's that'll be an exciting one to, to yeah hear. yeah yeah look it, yeah it, it's 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 an adam driver film and it's going to be pretty great so here we are you guys came back with the sony feature in september now here it is we're you know deep into 2021 and is, is it Katie bar the door? Do we, what, what's, what's it look like for New Orleans and Louisiana? Is there literally more work than we can fit? The answer is yes. The <laughs> answer is there's more work that we know what to do with. It is one of the, it's going to be one of the best times for this industry in the state and in New Orleans. And so much so that one of the other benefits of having this industry in the state is that it's, 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 inciting and spurning educational opportunities. I mean, if you look at across the state, ULL just put in a sound recording program. LSU is now putting in a bachelor's for film studies. Dillard has seen their um, attendance for film majors go in the last decade from two to over 80. I mean, it is, there are all kinds of educational opportunities as well as workforce opportunities. IATSE, which is the uh, union for the workers, on film sets and Novak, right? Novak, who's been in this city for over 30 years. It's the World's Video Access Center, right? Yes, they are partnering together to create one of the most robust film educational um, uh, programs. So they've, they've over the, from now and through the end of the year, you can go to Novak's website and you can see they're having classes, master classes in all different uh, trades in the film industry. So they're looking for workers. So, um, if you're talking about just the excitement and the action here in New Orleans, uh, how, how, how do we sort of define and put a number to just the value of this industry to the city and to, to, the, to, New Orleans, to Louisiana in general? How do we just say like, this, this is what this means? Well, I, I would say, look at it this way. The, the program allows us to import money for our small businesses, and our residents. It also reverses the brain drain. It also diversifies and makes Louisiana a more attractive place for people to move and start their own business. 
I cannot, I mean, digital technology, filmmaking, streaming, television, uh, apps, animation, it is the, we have, the one thing that the pandemic has shown us is that we have a great appetite for it. And so we want to make sure that we continue to have a successful film program down here so that we can give our residents high paying jobs. We can, the small business owners, the antique shops, like your friend, my friend who owns two uh, restaurants in uptown and in mid city has a testified to me, goes, Trey, when the film industry is here, my receipts are 20% more to my bottom line. And we get, we hear that time and time again. So the value of having this industry in New Orleans is that it puts, it gives us free dollars for tourism, right? NCIS is seen all over the world, man. And that is something that you could never pay for. It also allows our residents to have great high paying jobs and our small businesses to earn above and have a new customer, right? To have a really high paying customer. Right. It's funny because like you say, a lot of productions that are here, it's New Orleans doubling as somewhere else. It's just, or it's in a soundstage. It might be outer space, but there's a lot of things here that are set here and it's about South Louisiana and it, it's basically a free ad for, for, for New Orleans and for South Louisiana. Yeah. True Detective. First season of True Detective. I know the state, the state's film tourism office has, you know, they have a, a stat that it's more than half of the people that come to New Orleans say that one of the reasons they were motivated is by some show they've seen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a real thing. I mean, I, we can't, people look, New Orleans occupies a special place in as a destination for whatever reason. Right. Um, if they've heard a crazy story about Mardi Gras or the music or weddings or uh, you know, the sites, film is now added to that. And it's a great thing. I, you just walk down Jackson Avenue. There's that mansion right across from Trinity and, Every day I see people out there taking pictures in front of that house. So, All right. So I've got three questions to ask you. Number one is I, I don't think people understand, you know, what the day in the life for you would be. Uh, it sounds like you, you have, you're everything from running, making sure everything at the building is working correctly for your, whatever production is in there. And then you're also doing stuff at the big picture level, advocating for the industry. Just give yes. me a sense of a day in the life for you. Well, a big part of it, there's these crunch times, there's the busy moments, and it's always when we're in the bidding process, when we've got, when we're, we're trying to fill for a future vacancy. And those are, are the most interesting because you, you get all excited because you'll get a phone call saying, hey, man, we're coming to New Orleans. We want to do all this stuff. We want everything. Right. We want all of it. And then, and then you have to really start asking very specific questions about, well, what, how big is your show? What's the budget? You know, because someone could call and then it's a low budget and not every show is meant to be at a soundstage. Right. Uh, so that's the fun part. The fun part is, 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 is working the deal, the art of the deal, negotiating the deal. And then outside of that is delivering customer service, right? We, we spend every day, myself and my staff, making sure that when we get a client that we're providing <laughs> what we said we were going to provide. We want them to come to New Orleans and not have to think about things. Right. So for instance, we have an entire phone system ready to go. So when they come in, they don't have to think about, it. they just have to say, okay, this person gets this phone, this person gets this phone. They're done. They don't have to worry about contacting the phone company, trying to rent phones. So we're a very full service operation. And just like most restaurants in New Orleans, right? Just like how Brennan's is um, in their, in the restaurant world. Right. We, and it, we, it is all about the customer service. So we spend a lot of time making sure that our clients are happy. 
And then, of course, the advocacy piece of it takes a lot of time because we want to make sure that legislators and our, the general public know all the benefits and what's how, how, what an amazing industry this is. So that takes up some time, too. So it's it's day to day, Rich. It's day to day. Every day is different. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like it's a similar task um, to the convention center, like Stephen Perry and those guys, where you're you're competing against other potential facilities to host whatever meeting it is and it's the same thing for you it's just it's a film production you know and you yeah might... yeah yeah and i will say this uh we, we there's a few other studios and stakeholders in the industry and we always we work really well with each other and that's what i really like about being in new orleans is that we're very supportive of each other's investment each other's time we have great respect for each other we know we have different operations but we always have the same goal we want to book a client and it's really encouraging. And, and I really like that atmosphere that we have here in amongst um, other studios and vendors as well. That's good. So people are lifting each other up and trying to build the state as a whole versus. Uh, yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, we're not trying to tear each other down, man. No, we're, we're very supportive. And uh, well, to that end, like who, who are who are the other who are some of the other people that are that are hosting productions here? Those oh, you've got Starlight out in New Orleans East. Uh, you've got the Ranch in Chalmette. You've got Coyote out in St. Rose. You have uh, a slew of other, not purpose built, but really you know nice warehouses where films are being shot on the West Bank in Elmwood. Um, there's the NIM Center, which is part of UNO, where NCIS was held up for seven years, and you have some other uh, smaller nascent studios that are trying to get their foot off the ground on the West Bank. Um, so with Deep South Studios, I mean, so you have a lot of, you have a lot of, of, of folks that have realized the benefit and um, made really solid investments in the industry here in New Orleans, because we, we understand that it, we want it to be here to stay. Understood. I noticed that that St. Vincent Hotel is about to open up very close to where you guys are. Down yeah. I, I just passed it the other day and thought, oh, I wonder if that's where every director and crew member is going to want to stay when they come into town. Is, have you guys already talked to them? Is that going to be a... I was given a tour before they were finished. And I have to say it was an impeccable space. And some of the event rooms and social areas are going to be, I think, very well attended. Uh, the great thing about where we are in the Lower Garden District is that it's very convenient to Magazine Street, the shops, tons of restaurants. And now that we've got places for people to stay, um, it, 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 I think it, it'll be a nice compliment. The last question I'm going to ask you is the same last question I ask everybody, which is look, looking at what we went through this last year and a half, what makes you feel worried and what makes you feel optimistic? I just hope we don't have another round of this pandemic. That worries me the most. It does. It, it, it worries me for the health and safety of everybody because everyone has worked so hard to um, get back to work because they, we like to work. So that that still lingers in the back of my mind. I'm optimistic because for the same reason, we've done so much great work that I feel like that we can persevere whatever comes our way. And it's really a joy to see a full campus and see the smiles on the crew, people's faces, to see um, these movies getting shot and to see, you know, knowing all of the benefits that it affords our residents and our city. So I, I'm optimistic. I think we're gonna be in a boom cycle in the next couple of years. And that makes me very happy. Well, that sounds great to me. Trey Bravon, thanks for talking to us on the podcast. Anytime, Rich. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.